0: Section 16 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cao Yuching in Singapore. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2, by Cao Xueqing. Translated by Henry Bancroft Jolie. Chapter 32, Part 2. Bao Yu Meanwhile had hurriedly got into his new costume upon coming out of doors he caught sight of ling tai yu walking quietly ahead of him engaged to all appearances and wiping tears from her eyes with rapid stride he overtook her cousin lin he smiled where are you off to how is it that you are crying again who has once more hurt your feelings ling tai yu turned her head round to look and seeing that it was Bao yu, she at once forced a smile. Why should I be crying, she replied, when there is no reason to do so? Look here, observed Y smilingly. The tears in your eyes are not dry yet, and do you still tell me a fib? Saying this, he could not check an impulse to raise his arm and wipe her eyes, but Ling Tai speedily withdrew several steps backwards. Are you again bent, she said, upon compassing your own death? Then why do you knock your hands and kick your feet about in this wise? While intent upon speaking, I forgot. Smiled Bao Yu, all about propriety and gesticulated, yet called inadvertently. But walk here, I whether I die or live. To die would, after all, added Ling Dai Yu. Before you, if no matter, but you'll leave behind some gold or other, and a unicorn too or other, and what shall they do? This insinuation was enough to plunge Yu into a fresh fit of exasperation. Hastening up to her, Do you still give vent to such language? he asked. Why, it's really tantamount to invoking imprecations on me. What, are you yet angry with me? This question recalled to Ling Daoyu's mind the incidents of a few days back, and a pang of remorse immediately gnawed her heart, for having been again so indiscreet in her speech now don't you distress your mind she observed hastily smiling i verily said that i shouldn't yet what is there in this to make your veins protrude and to so provoke you as to bedew your whole face with perspiration while reasoning with him she felt unable to repress herself and approaching him she extended her hand and wiped the perspiration from his face pao yu gazed intently at her for a long time do you set your mind at ease, he at length observed. At this remark, Ling Daoyu felt quite nervous. What is there to make my mind uneasy, she asked after a protracted interval. I can't make out what you are driving at. Tell me what's this about, making me easy or uneasy? Baoyu heaved a sigh. Don't you truly fathom the depth of my words, he inquired. Why? Do you mean to say that I've throughout made such poor use of my love for you as not to be able to even define your feelings? Well, if so, it's no wonder that you daily lose your temper on my account. I actually don't understand what you mean by easy or uneasy, Lin Yu replied. My dear girl, urged mao Yu, nodding and sighing, don't be making a fool of me, for if you can't make out these words, not only have i ever uselessly lavished affection upon you but the regard with which you have always treated me has likewise been entirely of no avail and it's mostly because you once set your mind at ease that your whole frame is riddled with disease had you taken things easier a bit this ailment of yours too wouldn't have grown worse from day to day these words made Linda y feel as if she had been blasted by thunder were struck by lightning but after carefully weighing them within herself they seemed to her far more fervent than any that might have emanated from the depth of her own heart and thousands of sentiments in fact thronged together in her mind but though she had every wish to frame them into language she found it a hard task to pronounce so much as half a word all she therefore did was to gaze at him with vacant stare. Bao Yu fostered innumerable thoughts within himself, but unable in a moment to resolve from which particular one to begin. He too absently looked at Dai Yu. Thus, it was that the two cousins remained for a long time under the spell of a deep reverie. An ejaculation of Hai was the only sound that issued from Ling Dai Yu's lips. And while tears streamed suddenly from her eyes, she turned herself round and started on her way homeward. Bao Yu jumped forward with alacrity and dragged her back. "My dear cousin," he pleaded, "do you stop a bit? Let me tell you just one thing. After that, you may go." "What can you have to tell me?" exclaimed Ling Daiyu, who, while, while wiping her tears, extricated her hand from his grasp i know she cried all you have to say as she spoke she went away without even turning her head to cast a glance behind her as pao yu gazed at her receding figure he fell into abstraction he had in fact quitted his apartments a few moments back in such precipitate hurry that he had omitted to take a fan with him and Hsi fearing lest he might suffer from the heat promptly seized one and rang to find him and give it to him. But upon casually raising her head, she espied Ling Dai Yu standing with him. After a time, Dai Yu walked away, and as he still remained where he was without budging, she approached him. You left, she said, without even taking a fan with you. Happily I noticed it, and so hurried to catch you up and bring it to you. But Bao Y was so lost in thought, that as soon as he caught Siren's voice, he made a dash and clapped her in his embrace, without so much as trying to make sure who she was. My dear cousin, he cried, I couldn't hitherto muster enough courage to disclose the secrets of my heart, but on this occasion I shall make bold and give utterance to them. For you I'm quite ready to even pay the penalty of death. I have too, for your sake, brought ailments upon my whole frame. It's in here, but I haven't ventured to breathe it to any one. My only alternative has been to bear it patiently, in the hope that when it got all right, I might then perchance also recover. But whether I sleep or whether I dream, I never, never forget you. These declarations quite dumbfounded Siren. She gave way to incessant apprehensions. All she could do was to shout out, Oh spirits, oh heaven, oh Buddha, he's compassing my death. Then, pushing him away from her, What is it you're saying? she asked. May it be that you are possessed by some evil spirit? Don't you quick yet get yourself off? This brought Baoyu to his senses at once. He then became aware that it was Xirun and that she had come to bring him a fan. Baoyu was overpowered with shame. His whole face was suffused with scarlet, and, snatching the fan out of her hands, he bolted away with rapid stride. When Xi Ren meanwhile saw Bao effect his escape, Ling Daiyu, she pondered, must surely be at the bottom of all he said just now. But from what one can see, it will be difficult, in the future, to obviate the occurrence of some unpleasant mishap. It's sufficient to fill one with fear and trembling. At this point in her cogitations she involuntarily melted into tears, so agitated was she, while she secretly exercised her mind how best to act so as to prevent this dreadful calamity. But while she was lost in this maze of surmises and doubts, Bao Chai unexpectedly appeared from the offside. What? she smilingly exclaimed, Are you dreaming away in a hot boiling sun like this? Xun, at this question, hastily he returned her smiles. Those two birds, she answered, were having a fight, and such fun was it that I stopped to watch them. Where is Cousin Bao off to now in such a hurry got up in that fine attire? asked Bao Chai. I just caught sight of him as he went by. I meant to have called out and stopped him, but as he, off late, talks greater rubbish than ever, I didn't challenge him but let him go past. Our master, rejoined Hsi sent for him to go out. Ai ya! hastily exclaimed Bao Chai, as soon as this remark reached her ears. What does he want him for, on a scolding day like this? Might he not have thought of something and got so angry about it as to send for him to give him a lecture? If it isn't this, added Si Ren, laughing, some visitor must, I presume, have come and he wishes him to meet him with weather like this smiled pao chai even visitors afford no amusement why don't they while this fiery temperature lasts stay at home where it's much cooler instead of getting about all over the place could you tell them so smiled Siren. what was that girl hsiang yn doing in your quarters pao chai then asked she only came to chat with us on irrelevant matters xie Ren replied smiling but did you see the pair of shoes I was facing the other day? Well, I meant to ask her tomorrow to finish them for me. Bao Chai, at these words, turned her head around, first on this side and then on the other, seeing that there was no one coming or going. How is it, she smiled. that you, who have so much gumption, don't ever show any respect for people's feelings? I've been off late keeping an eye on Miss Ming's manner, and... From what i can glean from the various rumors afloat she can't be in the slightest degree her own mistress at home in that family of theirs so little can they stand the burden of any heavy expenses that they don't employ any needlework people in ordinary everyday things are mostly attended to by their ladies themselves if not why is it that every time she has come to us on a visit and she and i have had a chat she at once broached the subject of their being in great difficulties at home the moment she perceived that there was no one present yet whenever i went on to ask her a few questions about their usual way of living her very eyes grew red while she made some indistinct reply but as for speaking out she wouldn't but when i consider the circumstances in which she is placed for she has certainly had the misfortune of being left from her very infancy without father and mother. The very sight of her is too much for me, and my heart begins to bleed within me. Quite so, quite so, observed Siren, clapping her hands after listening to her throughout. It isn't strange, then, if she let me have the ten butterfly knots I asked her to tie for me only after so many days. And if she said that, they were coarsely done, but that I should make the best of them, and use them elsewhere, and that if I wanted any nice ones, I should wait until by and by, when she came to stay here, when she would work some neatly for me. What you've told me now reminds me that, as she had found it difficult to find an excuse when we appealed to her, she must have had to slave away, who knows how much, till the third watch in the middle of the night. What a stupid thing I was. Had I known this sooner, I would never have told her a word about it. Last time, continued Bao Chai, she told me that when she was at home, she had ample to do, that she kept busy as late as the third watch, and that if she did the slightest stitch of work for any other people, the various ladies belonging to her family did not like it. But as it happens, explained Qiren, that mulish-minded and perverse-tempered young master of ours won't allow the least bit of needlework, no matter whether small or large, to be made by those persons employed to do so when in the household. And as for me, I have no time to turn my attention to all these things. "'Why mind him?' laughed Bao Ch'an. "'Simply ask someone to do the work and finish.' "'How could one bamboozle him?' resumed Si "'Why, he'll promptly find out everything.' such a thing can not even be suggested the only thing i can do is to quietly slave away that's all you shouldn't work so hard smiled pao chai what do you say to my doing a few things for you Are you in real earnest ventured Siren, smiling well in that case it is indeed a piece of good fortune for me i'll come over myself in the evening but before she could conclude her reply she of a sudden noticed an old matron come up to her with precipitate step where does the report come from she interposed that miss jing Char has gone for no rhyme or reason and committed suicide by jumping into the well this bit of news startled xi which jing Chuan-er is it she speedily inquired where are two jing chuan to be found rejoined the old matron it is the one in our mistress Madame Wan's apartments, who was the other day sent away for something or other, I don't know what. On her return home, she raised her groans to the sky and shed profuse tears, but none of them worried their minds about her until, who'd have thought it, they could see nothing of her. A servant, however, went just now to draw water, and he says that while he was getting it from the well in the southeast corner, he caught sight of a dead body, and that he hurriedly called men to his help, and that when they fished it out, they unexpectedly found that it was she, but that though they bustled around trying to bring her round, everything proved of no avail. This is odd, Bao Chai exclaimed. The moment Siren heard the tidings, she shook her head and moaned. At the remembrance of the friendship which had ever existed between them, Tears suddenly trickled down her cheeks, and as for Bao Chai, she listened to the account of the accident, and then hastened to Madame Wang's quarters to try and afford her consolation. Xi Ren, during this interval, returned to her room, but we will leave her without further notice and explain that when Bao Chai reached the interior of Madame Wang's home, she found everything plunged in perfect stillness. Madame Wang was seated all alone in the inner chamber indulging her sorrow. But such difficulties did Bao Chai experience to allude to the occurrence that her only alternative was to take a seat next to her. Where do you come from? asked Madame Wang. I come from inside the garden, answered Bao Chai. As you come from the garden, Madame Wang inquired, did you see anything of your cousin Bao Yu? I saw him just now. Baozhan replied, Go out, dressed up in his fineries. But where he has gone to, I don't know. Have you perchance heard of any strange occurrence? asked Madame Wang while she nodded her head and sighed. Why, Jing Chuan jumped into the well and committed suicide. How is it that she jumped into the well when there was nothing to make her do so? Chai inquired. This is indeed a remarkable thing the fact is proceeded madame wang that she spoiled something the other day and in a sudden fit of temper gave her a slap and sent her away simply meaning to be angry with her for a few days and then bring her in again but who could have ever imagined that she has such a resentful temperament as to go and drown herself in a well and is not this all my fault it's because you're such a kind-hearted person And, smiled Bao Chai, that such ideas cross your mind. But she didn't jump into the well when she was in a tantrum. So what must have made her do so was that she had to go and live in the lower quarters. Or she might have been standing in front of the well, and her foot slipped, and she fell into it. While in the upper rooms, she used to be kept under restraint, so when this time she found herself outside, she must, of course. I felt the wish to go strolling all over the place in search of fun. How could she have ever had such a fiery disposition? But even admitting that she had such a temper, she was, after all, a stupid girl to do as she did, and she doesn't deserve any pity. In spite of what you say, said Madame Wang, shaking her head to and fro, I really feel unhappy at heart. You shouldn't, aunt. Distress your mind about it. Pao smiled. Yet, if you feel very much exercised, just her a few more tails than you would otherwise have done, and let her be buried. You'll thus carry out to the full feelings of a mistress towards her servant. I just now gave them fifty tails for her, pursued the Madame Rung. I also meant to let them have some of your cousin's new clothes to enshroud her in. But who'd have thought it? None of the girls had strange coincidence any newly made articles of clothing and there were only that couple of birthday suits of her cousin lin's but as her cousin lin has ever been such a sensitive child and has always too suffered and ailed i thought it would be unpropitious for her if her clothes were also now handed to people to wrap their dead in after she had been told that they were given her for her birthday so i ordered a tailor to get a suit for her as soon as possible. Had it been any other servant girl, I could have given her a few tales and have finished. But Ying erh was, albeit a servant maid, nearly as dear to me as if she had been a daughter of mine. Saying this, tears unwittingly ran down from her eyes. And vehemently exclaimed pao Chai, what earthly use is it of hiring a tailor just now to prepare clothes for her? I have a couple of suits I made the other day, and wanted it trouble were I to go and bring them for her. Besides, when she was alive, she used to wear my old clothes, and what's more, our figures are much alike. What you say is all very well, rejoined Madame Wang, but can it be that it isn't distasteful to you? your mind, urged Bao Chai with a smile, I have never paid any heed to such things. As she spoke, she rose to her feet and walked away. Madame Wang then promptly called two servants. Go and accompany Miss Pao," she said. In a brief space of time, Bao Chai came back with her clothes and discovered Bao Yu seated next to Madame Wang, all melted in tears. Madame Wang was reasoning with him. At the sight of Bao Chai, she at once desisted. When Bao Chai saw them go on in this way, and came to weigh their conversation, and to scan the expression on their countenances, she immediately got a pretty correct insight into their feelings. But presently, she handed over the clothes, and Madame Wong sent for Jing Chuang mother to take them away. But, reader, you'll have to pursue the next chapter for further details. End of section 16 Recording by Cao Yuxing in Singapore